Austin College kicks off its second season along with every other varsity team in the USA. We discuss that, plus what does it take for a Texan to play NCAA water polo? Joe shares important details, me a little less so on today's TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith, joined by Joe Linehan via Skype. How are you, Joe? Good. How was your weekend? How was your holiday weekend? It was great. I didn't do anything. It was it was amazing. There were, well, had a very good Saturday practice um, in like 102 degree heat. It was still actually very productive. And then after that, took my wife to the airport, hung out with my daughter. It was a good weekend. How about you? Good. I did the same thing. I had practice on Saturday and just kind of relaxed on uh, on Sunday and Monday, just knowing that, you know, the next couple of weekends are going to be busy. So We have the uh, fun experience of being kicked out of the, our regular pool. It's called Mickey Krebs Bach in Round Rock, um, one of the nice, eh, nicer pools in the area outdoors. So they're replacing all of the blocks and putting in new concrete and stuff. So we've been ejected for two weeks, so we have to play at this very little community pool, which is good for my younger guys and not so good for my older guys. Well, that's all good. All right, yeah. so we're talking about college water polo today? Yeah, well... So that was, as we introduced ourselves, was the Austin College fight song. Exciting, Uh, at least according to YouTube. So YouTube is never wrong, uh, and it says that that's the fight song. And it's a complete copy, apparently, of the University of Wisconsin fight song. But it can only mean one thing, and that is that the college season is upon us, and there's a ton – uh, to to talk about. So today we're going to both cover a little bit about uh, the the actual competition that's forthcoming, but also go into some pretty major detail about what is it that we what is it that Texas athletes can do to really help themselves earn a spot on an uh, on an NCAA team, and about the collegiate club experience as well. So so just to start, Austin is uh, again first game this Saturday against Johns Hopkins. They're traveling to Annapolis. They're to the Navy tournament. They're gonna have a ton of games actually. Johns Hopkins, LaSalle, Princeton, Fordham, and then uh, on the ninth they play Navy. Then they get to come home. Um, what I found interesting was that the uh, preseason poll had them on the CWPA preseason poll, Division three poll had they received 23 points in the votes and they ended last year with only one win. We've discussed that before. But they were rated higher than their what I would say is their current rivals, Penn State Barons. So there's there's clearly coaches who think that they will be improving this coming season. Well, they had 19 players. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing them do well this year. I mean, they had 19 freshmen last year. Plus, they are got a new recruiting class in, and they're returning pretty much all the primary players. I'm expecting good things from Mark Lawrence and his crew. So. Yeah. And these are winnable games. So as we've discussed, like, I mean, you know, not to pick up some LaSalle. challenging games. There's going to be some oh, challenging for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Johns Hopkins. It, Johns Hopkins is a bit of a wild card. It's an unclear whether they will have improved from last year. They had some struggles. Their coach had some health issues, but the coach has been replaced. Um, and LaSalle is on the rise. If you read Michael Rondazzo on uh, Swimming World magazine, he, he he touts them as a team that could surprise. I'm not so sure. We'll find out. Um, but then they play Princeton and Fordham. Those are both formidable teams to play against. But you're right. I think that this is uh, they're in a much better position this year to challenge these kinds of teams than they were a year ago. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I I mean, this is at the Naval Academy, which is in beautiful like like Annapolis, Maryland. It's a great time of year to be there. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Are like so? Do you know if the games are on? Are going to be streamed? 
That is a good question. And this is one of those moments where I'm unprepared on my own podcast about uh, whether that's the case. But if we find what what we will likely do is what we've done at Total Water Polo is start to collect links for streaming. And it'll be specifically for Austin College. According to their website, it doesn't look like it right now. But uh, I haven't checked with Navy yet. So that's a very good question. Yeah. Yeah, for those that are out there and kind of looking to watch some college games, I, I just suggest you go to like just find out who's hosting the game and go to their home website and um, or ESPN Plus is going to host a lot of the Ivy League is yeah is going to put a, right. a lot of the Ivy League games online. So or go to their home conferences. So that's yep. the best place. There's no like a central location to put everything. I know, but uh, but um, I'll be looking I'll be looking forward to watching some games along the way. Yeah, a bit frustrating that it's not. Uh, well, maybe that that's the role we're going to serve is to do that. Um, uh, at the same time as the varsity poll came out uh, by CWPA, the MPSF, the the division in which uh, the Kangaroos play, also came out with a preseason poll. Shock! This is going to be a shock to you, Joe. Stanford, UCLA, and USC are all tied for first. I mean, that's stunning news. Um, Where's Cal? Cal's fourth. And, and this is what's inter- this is at least a little bit interesting. So Stanford, UCLA, USC each get 21 point first place points, so they're tied. The next is Cal at 13. So somebody believe, and they were third place last year in the MPSF. So I, I will be somebody knows something about this team. I, I, I they have uh, they've lost a, a few seniors that were obviously very important, Johnny Hooper in particular. But uh, I'll I'll be fascinated if they can't get in that top two area anyway. Um, I just think polls, the preseason polls, you know, for water polo, are probably about as accurate as the preseason polls, you know, for football. So oh, come on, we how can we sustain this conversation unless we can wildly speculate about who's uh, going to win? In, no, I'm, uh, I mean I think it's going to be one of those four teams you mentioned for the NCAA championship. <laughs> but but, uh, but no, I mean I'm just saying like like you don't know kids and teams and are they going to be playing well or not and academics and stuff. So. And they know all that in the football world. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know true. that in the, yeah, in the water pool world. No, so that's true. So, but um, no, it's going to be, uh, I mean, I'm kind of more interested in like, you know, the East coast, the division three schools, you know, the Western water pool association. And yes. it gets kind of boring to watch the same teams win uh, to win at the top every year. So I'm, I'm kind of curious watching the other little stuff. It's yeah, true. And we'll, we'll, I think we're going to, well, there's a couple of things to talk about uh, later. I have to say Long Beach State is intriguing. They picked up a bunch of players from UCLA. They transferred. So that's a little bit of a sleeper on the West Coast. Um, and just to round this out, so MPSF preseason poll um, did not really match what we see in the CWA poll, CWPA poll, which is Penn State Barron has actually received eight points and Austin College received six in the, in the MPSF poll. And that's probably better. It's reflective of what happened last year more than it is about predicting what's, what, predicting what's going to happen this year. But um, at least there's some differentiation between the two polls. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, I just want to wish good luck to the Austin College kids. They have a ton of Texas kids playing there. And um, there's a ton of Texas kids playing throughout the NCAA this year. So. Yeah, but we've uh, listed at least 30 of them um, on the men's side. And as we discussed before, there's what's your estimate? I'm, I'm guessing at least 40 uh, women are, from Texas are playing in the NCAA. Probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. 
just because there's more programs and exactly. you got the Austin College factor too, which allows a lot more kids, you know, from Texas to play. But there's a, but there's a ton on both East and West Coast playing. So. That's right. Okay, um, to a couple a couple players to actually keep an eye on, at least from my perspective. Uh, Zach Lowry uh, returns for his junior year at Cal Baptist. He ended the season last year as the assist leader for the entire conference. So he really turned things around his freshman season. I think he was a bit frustrated, um, but he had a spectacular sophomore season, and now it looks like he's in a pretty strong leadership role on that team. Yeah, I think Zach's gonna do awesome at Cal Baptist. It's yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. And, and and I think he's going to play this past. I, I think Cal Baptist is, is playing up at Brown this weekend, so which is going to be fun because there's a whole bunch of Texas kids playing up there. There's, That's right. Uh, Joseph Mahan from uh, McKendry. There's going to be um, uh, Galen and Daniel Who from Brown, amongst some others out there. So. Yeah, it's a reunion. Um, All right, it'll be fun. The other guy I'm looking at is Michael Colmenari, as we spoke about him again. He was the state, uh, state high school MVP this last year. He's at Austin College, and it sounds to me like he's going to play a pretty strong role right from the start for the for the Kangaroos. Okay. I think I think the great thing about Austin College, it's, it's an opportunity for kids locally yeah, to go play at a high level, and and they can play right away. Yeah, which, right away. You know, they're not gonna have to sit and wait their turn or what have you. So um, there's going to be an opportunity for those kids that have a have a good, like kind of have a high water pole kind of IQ and have a good experience and they want to work hard. So. Yeah, I'm excited about this coming weekend. So we'll be back in just a moment. We'll talk a little bit more about what it takes for a Texan to play in college, whether it's the NCAA or collegiate club. So we'll be right back and we will cover that issue right. After this, have you noticed that there are no advertisements for dental care or online recruiting services on the TX Water Polo podcast? Same with the website, no pop-ups, no banner ads. Well, we'd like to keep it that way, so we're asking for your support. Your donation will help us with new equipment, better sound quality, interesting writers, and maybe even improved podcast hosts. So to help us expand and improve our coverage of the sport and state we love, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate. That's txwaterpolo.com forward slash donate and be sure to subscribe to the pod on apple google stitcher spotify or radio public and give us a good rating if you like what you hear hey this is mark lawrence from austin college head coach of the men's and women's waterflow programs and home of our kangaroos when i'm interested in uh, what's going on with texas waterflow i always listen to tx waterflow podcast It's James and Joe with the TX Water Polo Podcast. So, Joe, there are there are over 30 men and likely more women from Texas playing NCAA water polo. You and I both interact with a lot of young athletes. Let's talk a bit about what it takes for those athletes to earn a spot on an NCAA roster because uh, there are a lot of ideas out there that may or may not help families decide to do that, and the experiences are, are widely varied. So let, m- maybe bring out a couple highlights that you like to tell some of these young athletes when they're making this decision. Yeah, there's... Yeah, there's been plenty of kids that have played over the years. Um, there's three basic ways of playing college water polo. Okay, one is collegiate club, which is a student-run organization. That's like the A&Ms, NUTs, Baylor's, SMU's, stuff like that. Um, the second one is a junior college varsity, which is a two-year school out in California. There's about there's about 40 schools that play at a varsity level, um, and then you can always play there for two years and either transfer to a four-year school or even come back to Texas and then kind of finish out your four-year school. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're going to be talking about today 
is going to be is going to be playing in for varsity water polo at at a four-year school like an NCAA right. school or an NAIA school. Yeah, we 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 have to distinguish that. Concordia was, from my understanding, the last NAIA NAIA team. But yeah, they, we're talking varsity level, whether it's sanctioned by one of those other, one of those two bodies. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't quite get that. You know, there are about 50 schools that play men's NCAA water polo. There's about 75 schools that play oh, you know, women's NCAA mm-hmm. water polo. And playing a varsity water polo in college is a privilege. And and it is something that you have to work for. It's just not going to happen. And I strongly always, always tell the athletes, don't pick a school based strictly off of water polo. Right. Because if you do, then you may not end up being happy. So it's you have to find a good fit for academics, the financial piece, and then also the the athletic piece, because. There's very few kids that are going to go play NCAA or going to go play professional water polo after college. Right. It's not unheard of. I mean, there's there. There's even been kids from Texas that that have gone off and played, like Amy Olson played over in Europe and such. Um, and there's opportunities down in Australia and New Zealand, but um, you know, no one's on a full ride athletic scholarship playing in college. Right. And I mean, even the even the number one best water polo player out there is not because I think we talked about this on a previous podcast. The first two questions that any college coach is going to ask you is how are your grades and what is your SAT score? And what that's going to tell them is it's going to tell them, can I get you into my school? uh, Number one. Right. Number two, how much academic money can I get you? Right. Because. If they have an athlete that they want, the more academic money that they can get them, that means the. Yeah, and that means the less athletic money that they that they need to provide them. Right. Yeah. And so you might be the best incoming freshman for the incoming class of state university, right? But you might be on a full academic ride. Yeah. When the the player that doesn't have as good as or isn't as good of a student or a good SAT score, they might be on a little bit more um, athletic money. Right. So it's going to be a package. That's what everybody's going to get is going to be a package that kind of yeah, is going to fit them. It's going to be made up of academic money. It's going to be made up of financial aid. And it's going to be made up if if the school has the ability to, it's going to be made up of athletic money. So, so in my experience, I mean, th- I think the reason that we want to cover this is because I, I know this personally from my own experience dealing with athletes is there'll be some who will all ask, you know, haven't you considered playing at let's just say Redlands or Laverne? And they'll say, oh, no, I, I only want to play Division One water polo. And there's so many misconceptions associated with that statement. What are what are some of those that that uh, we can help disabuse? Yeah, I I get the same thing. Well, I'm only I only I only want to play D1, or I can't play D1. I just want to play D3. Well, right. Yes, in all other sports like football, basketball, baseball, there's a Division One championship, Division Two championship, Division Three championship, and they don't play each other. Okay. In water polo, everybody's in the same boat for both everyone plays men each other, and yeah. women. Yes, there are some individual Division Three championships out there. But Division three teams have the ability, and they do play Division one teams on a regular basis. And if you look at, like, I think we mentioned Johns Hopkins, that uh, Austin College is playing Johns Hopkins in their first game this right. upcoming season. Uh, Johns Hopkins, they were they were second place on the East Coast a couple years ago, and they were and they were ranked in the top fifteen in the country for right. all NCAA men's teams. 
So exactly and, right. And there are yep. division there are division three teams that will beat the ever living you know what out of out of a lot of division uh, one teams. Of course. And um, it's I mean it's just it's just simply finding what is a good fit. Academics, athletics. Yeah. You know, and I've had kids that you know because. Yeah, because people go, well, they automatically think that Division One is the highest level. Yes, the best teams in our country for N- for NCAA water polo are Division One teams. We already discussed them. It's the same teams yeah. every year, right? Yeah, but, but everybody else, they can be mixed and matched. Yes. And there can be a very good Division Two team, there, the, the, uh, and there can be, uh, yeah, just a very good Division Three teams every year. And just don't dismiss a school because it's Division One because they don't have athletic money. No. Because I once had a kid from North Texas that went out to California and put it at a, at a small Division three school. And she got her entire school paid for uh, based off of academics and financial aid. Right. Her, and then she had a sister that went uh, locally in North Texas, stayed at home, and went to a public school here and, and had to pay – a lot more money and graduated, yeah, yeah, with a lot more loans than what the sister that went to a private school out in California. Right. So it's one of those things where I always just I tell kids to keep an open mind. It's right. about the it's it's about the academic environment. Yeah, hard hard for a lot of people to imagine because they just figure it's almost like. Well, it resembles high school, but you don't really understand until you get there what the workload is and on both sides, both both your commitment to the team and then also having to maintain your your grades. I know when I was playing uh, my mediocre brand of water polo at UC San Diego, if you were on academic probation, it, it your teammates would kill you. They would. It, so you have to keep keep yourself in good standing with both academically and on the team. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is about again. You're not going to go play professional water polo. This is about getting a good education and yeah. getting a good life experience. And everybody asks, so why should I play varsity level water polo? Well, um, because that's what employers are looking for. Right. That's what grad schools are looking for. They're looking for people that kind of fit a mold and can uh, and can be in a team setting and work towards a goal at the at the end of a season. And they're looking for the well-rounded person, just like schools that are are kind of having the undergrads come in. They're looking for the well-rounded students that yeah yeah that have more than just academics in their background. Um, you know, is again finding that good fit that's going to work for the student athlete, and that might be in like you know oh right now where there's only Austin College in state in Texas. But there's plenty of opportunities to play East Coast oh yeah West Coast in the Midwest. You know, kind of for the ladies, there's everything from Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three to public, private. There's a couple academies, yeah, that play. And just for some of those people that don't know, the men's NCAA season is in the fall. So a lot of like the like the kids will get back in August and they'll start practicing, and they normally start around Labor Day for their first weekend of water polo, and then they play tournaments, then they play conference games, and then they have an NCAA championship. Um, or they have a conference championship and then which kind of kind of feeds into the NCAA championship, mm-hmm. which is always the weekend after Thanksgiving weekend right. yep. in early November or early December. Um, the women's season is a spring season. And 
that is where most people will start in early to mid January, just right after Christmas break. And they'll play again. They're yeah, like their tournaments, their conference season, their conference champions are normally the last weekend of April. And then the NCAA championships is this is the second weekend of May. Right. Um, so it always kind of conflicts with mother's day, but that's okay. Um, but that's essentially the seasons for the NCAA four year schools. Right. Um, and I cannot stress this enough, you know, for a, a Texas athlete to go play water polo in college, they have, it has to be athlete driven. They have to be proactive. You know, um, you know, you have to, you have to, you have to plan, you have to, uh, do your homework. Mm. Um, and the mom, dad and coaches, yeah, can help. But if the athlete is not driving this, it's not going to be something that they're going to be successful at. Oh, the coaches and, can tell too. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, what is it? Um, and they have to go out there and they have to be proactive. They have to be organized. I always, I always, I always tell my kids kind of, kind of do your homework and get together a, a list of top 10, 15 schools that meet your criteria, yeah. you know? Um, and then also, and then you can put together a water pole resume, which basically just kind of gives the basics for academics and all, and all your experiences and then start sending out that list of schools. Right. And one of the biggest things that I kind of tell people is, again, the preconceived notions, right? That's what we got started here is everybody's like, oh, I just want a small score. I just want to have a big school that, that has a football team. Well, you know, I always just tell people you can make a big school kind of seem like a small school or a small school seem like a big school. It's going to be up to you. Yeah. And then everybody's out, always asking about the public private thing. And most people they think that a public school is going to be less expensive than a private school. No. Okay. Um, most and most student athletes or just students in general that go to private schools, no, yeah, most of them don't pay the like the full freight. Like right. I think there was a stat that it was eighty percent of the people that go to private schools don't pay the full freight at all. Right. And um, and private schools have the ability to give a lot more financial aid, a lot more academic money. Uh, public schools are tapped out. They don't, uh, and they don't have that. So, yeah. um, and then a lot of people are like, I only want to go play in California. Why? Oh, it's warm. I'm like, oh God, come on. <laughs> All right. Let's, so hey, it's Texas. I go, but like, you know, they don't want to go to the East coast where it might be cold a, a little bit. It could snow. Um, yes. I had a girl that this is back in my Houston water polo club days that went up to a school in the Northeast, mm-hmm. played her freshman year was, First team, all conference, came back and wanted to transfer because it was too cold. Mm. I go, no. I go, I don't think that's the best idea. I think you need to stay. Yeah. And then she ended up staying. And then she ended up going to the NCAA championship for three straight years. Right. Not, and not only that, and then she never came back to Houston for an extended period of time again. No. Because because she met a boy up there. Yeah. And, now, and, and now she has a couple kids and, yeah, and married and living in Brooklyn. I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, that's so, a great story. Exactly. So, so it's so it's just one of those things where you know, don't be afraid of just keep an open mind whenever you are looking at schools. Then the last thing is this is kind of unique. I think that I always talk to kids about um, is what type of playing situation do you want? Do you want to go in and be this like a starter your first year? You want to go in there and kind of sit and watch and be on the travel team and play a little bit and then definitely play after your freshman year? Do you want to kind of maybe sit and wait your turn and play your junior, senior year? 
or do you want to maybe play your senior year? And it's one of those things where uh, that's important. Yeah. You know, it takes us, it takes a certain, uh, like, yeah, mindset or mentality to go, you got to go somewhere and maybe play their senior year. And there's absolutely nothing wrong about, about wanting to go playing your uh, freshman year. Right. And, and a lot of things that understand is if you're going to a place where you're going to be playing your freshman, sophomore year, that coach is going to be a lot more helpful in the process. Right. So, and that's one thing. And, and, and I say the process, that's about getting in. It's about helping out with the financial aid, the academic side of things. So, um, it's just, you know, there's, there, it's, uh, it's not too early to get started. You need to probably start now your freshman, sophomore year as, as far as starting to get the, like kind of get the word out nowadays and then play as much as you possibly can. Yes. Play, That's play, right. play. I mean, like play club water pole, try to go out to jail, just try to do the ODP stuff, you know, cause they don't want to look at like, there might be a kid in Orange County, California that only plays high school water pole and he might skate by and get an opportunity to play in college because he plays for one of the better high school teams. Mm-hmm. But if you are from outside of Orange County, and I would say this to anybody in San Diego or the Bay Area, if you aren't playing club water polo in addition to high school, that's something that the coach, that's a red flag. Yes. You're just playing high school. So you need to show that you're playing 150 games a year. Yeah. Okay. And that this is, uh, and this is what you're doing. And you need to go out there and actively contact those coaches, get in touch with them. And, don't take no for, and don't take no for an answer. Like I've like I've I don't know how many times I've sat there uh, with kids and go, listen, you can't. They may not call you back right away. It might be one. Ew. It might be one coach for both boys and girls water polo with no assistance. Yeah. So they may not call you back right away. You have to sit there and be proactive. As soon as they get back in touch with you, you don't need to sit there and email and call them. But don't be afraid to email and call. You know once a month during your sophomore year. Yeah. And then every, every other week during your junior year, every week during your senior, year, if you haven't heard from somebody yet, and if they, and if they're bothering, like if, yeah, if they kind of don't worry about bothering them, if you're bothering them, that's probably not the best fit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and Plus they um, want it. Yeah. And you're doing their job for them. That's what I was just going to say. You're so, doing their job for them. And a lot of people uh, don't get that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you need to go out there and you just need to, to press. And I've, there, there's, there's so many, I go, all right, what about this school? Well, I haven't heard back from, when was the last time you called? Oh, about a month ago. I go, come on, we've talked about this. You yeah, have especially- to call an email. So, and, just a, yeah, go ahead. No, you just gotta, yeah, like you just gotta be, I mean, I, I know I mentioned this word a couple of times, but you have to be proactive. Yeah. You have uh, to be proactive. And I tell everybody, I go, you have to go into this process with a chip on your shoulder. You have to prove to everybody that you're more than just quote unquote from Texas. Yeah. And I would tell, again, I, w- I would tell this to anybody that's outside of Orange County, California. Okay. You have to go in there uh, with a chip and you have to understand, understand kind of, kind of what you do and not just why you do, or it, it's not just what you do, but why you do it. Right. As far as offense, defense, yep. your positioning, um, and be prepared to answer those questions along the way. And then whenever you get there, like you like you don't exhale. That first day, you have to go. You have to go swim hard. You have to play defense. You have to counter hard. And if you do that, 
no coach in their right mind is going to is uh, is going to stop you from playing. Yeah. If you are helping the team out on the counterattack and defense. Now, you might be able to be the out, the best outside shooter and then you can prove them uh later on that. But if you swim and play defense, everybody's 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 going to welcome you with uh, wide open arms. So well, all right. Well, Joe, we we could talk about this for a couple of days. Um yeah. but in order to maintain our audience, we'll take a little bit of a break here. Right. And when we come back, and there's talk. plenty, hey, yeah. hey, there's plenty of information on, oh, yes. the growth, on the growth section of the website. Um, so you just kind of click growth. You go down to College Water Polo. You click there. There's a lot of material there. There's a lot of stuff that you can go through, the steps to play water polo in college, all like a lot of links, a lot of coaches, names, and yeah, and phone numbers. So I highly recommend that you go to that section of the TX Waterpool website and don't be afraid to kind of text us or email us some questions. So. Sure. I didn't even pitch our own website. That's how good of a promotional person I am. I forgot to do the that point. It's like to, all this information and more is available on TXWaterpool.com. So yeah, absolutely go visit that stuff. It's comprehensive. There's an obscene amount of information that you can get in touch with. So we will come back and wrap things up with a, a couple of short things, really more about the CWPA Texas Club Division and, uh, and how that differs from the NCAA and what kind of experience you can expect there right after this. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. It's James and Joe wrapping up the TX Water Polo Podcast, and one real outstanding issue to cover is just, uh, we, we've been talking about collegiate water polo all day, but we haven't mentioned club, not not in much detail, but um Texas has its own division of club water polo. It has a, a, a couple prominent teams um, that everybody's going to know, but they might be surprised to know that there are teams really all over the state. Yeah, and uh, I think they start games on September 28th and 29th in College Station at A&M. And the two main teams the last few years have been Texas A&M and uh, the University of Texas. So, Right. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand how that works. I mean, it is not the same as, as playing varsity. It's a club. So you show up and, and you don't, it, it differs from school to school, but you'll find a lot of programs, including A&M who have a lot of players who most definitely could be playing varsity water polo right now. I know that for a fact, but have gone to that school for various reasons. They want to stay close to home. They want to uh, get a particular degree. I mean, uh, this has happened to me more than once from people who want to get an engineering degree from your alma mater. Yeah, I went to A&M and I played collegiate club. And that's where actually I got to be a student coach. Um, I was a coach uh, my freshman year. Wow. And, we eight, and we had eight kids on the team and it was a student run organization. Um, and we like I was a, I was a player coach. Um, it was run through the Department of Rec Sports, not the athletic department. We were funded a little bit through the Department of Rec Sports, but then we had to do other fundraising to help with costs, et cetera. Right. And that's, and that's what the majority of the, of the collegiate clubs do. Um, so it's a little bit of a passion thing for a, a lot of the kids there. Um, and yeah, I mean, anybody can start their own collegiate club out there. Right. Um, there's, I think there's Texas State, there's Baylor, there's University of Houston. There is, um, there's a lot of different schools. And Rice, Rice is an up and coming team. Um, Texas Tech. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of good schools out there. And if you want to find out, um, you can go to the collegiate 
waterpolo.com, which is basically the CWPA. They run all, they run 90% of the collegiate club water polo throughout the country. Right. So you can go and there's a link for the Texas division. You can go to the, the college water polo site and scroll down. And there's like, there's a couple links you get of the schedule and results for both the men and women. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a great way to keep playing. Great and way. In. I, I mean, again, it's whether or not you go play varsity water polo or whether or not you go play club water polo. The great thing that you have is you have a group of people at that school. And that's something that is, that is sometimes scary for a lot of kids. They go to school. They don't have anybody yet. Right. So this is a group. They don't like, like you don't need to be best friends, you know, with everybody, but I still keep in touch with all of my water polo friends, all of my swim team friends, because I swim in CW water polo at A&M as well. Right. And, uh, I highly recommend, you know, kind of playing water polo in college at some level. And, you know, water polo is a lifelong sport. There's, there's, there's the world masters championship with a 65 and over division. And just sometimes kids will finish club in high school and then they go find something else. But, you know, you can always play water polo at whatever level you want right. for the rest of your life. And one of the things that people don't know about the club, or maybe maybe they do, but they have a national championship just like the NCAA. In fact, it's much bigger. And it gets prominent coverage. It's usually streamed. You're playing against all these incredible players. A couple of years ago, it was Lindenwood versus UCLA, I believe. And there's just a bunch of players from Europe, a bunch of players that had played varsity water polo before. Well, it wasn't the best game I can remember, but it was still exciting because you had these talents that were on these two teams. So it's it's not again, it's not entirely what people expect it to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, on the men's side, the University of Texas. I think played in the in, in the collegiate club national championship a couple of years ago. Yeah. So um, so I mean, and the women have done a great job for both A and M and UT. They are normally one of those two also on the women's side exactly. will go and represent the Texas division. But there's plenty of opportunities to play, and they have their own slate of games. These yeah, these club teams yeah also play off season in the in the various men's and masters tournaments around Texas. Right. So um, there's uh, there's opportunities to keep playing. So. Right. You have no excuse. You have to if you want to play, you can play in college. So go go find the, the proper school for yourself and uh, and go ahead and join that team. So um, let's wrap things up. So um, if you like what you hear here, please give us a good rating on whichever platform you use to listen to us on uh, Apple in particular. That'll be very helpful. And do yourself a favor and listen to some of the other water polo podcasts like Off the Deck, Nearside Low and the Cross Pass podcast, all of which you can find on our homepage. And finally, as uh, Joe said, we want to hear from you. You can find us at or you can email us at pod at TXWaterPolo.com. And we are on Twitter, TX Water Polo, Facebook, TX Water Polo, Instagram, TX underscore Water Polo, and on the web, of course, at TXWaterPolo.com. Joe Linehan, thanks again. We're done with another pod. All right, James. It's been fun. And thanks so much to you, and thank you for listening and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo pod. And until next week, so long from Austin. Yeah, that will find what brought you close to me.